Welcome to the episode of the Mahoney Advanced Training Podcast. Once again, we're going to be giving you six tips and tricks to make you more efficient and effective in the weight room, the boardroom, and on a football field. And we're going to be doing a quick recap of what happened at this week's challenge. So tip number one, something I'm experimenting with, it is an official, legit microphone. Thank you, Steve Armato, for the recommendation. So why did I get a microphone? I did not like the way my audio sounded when I was having a podcast with a guest. And I had to start doing my podcast with guests via Zoom, and my audio sounded like garbage. Theirs sounded great, but my sound sounded like garbage. And you say, why don't you find a different platform? Why don't you use this, the Anchor app, which I do use to record and document all of my podcasts? Well, we found out over and over again that if you have a guest on your podcast and you're both using your cell phones and one of them has a headphone in or they get a phone call door and it just screws everything up. And uh, you have this brilliant podcast and you got to redo it or edit the hell out of it, which I hate doing. So having said that, got this microphone, hopefully it fixes the issue, but in the spirit of experimentation and the growth mindset, I am experimenting on me first. So I'm going to see how this audio sounds in a podcast with just me. It'd be really dumb to uh, start it off and just test it out with a, a guest. I got some really cool guests lined up. So I'm waiting to make sure this works. And then we're going to schedule those next uh, next interviews and future podcasts coming up. Okay. Tip number two. It's an exercise tip. It has to do with dumbbell bench press. So if you are working with a heavy dumbbell bench press, say you're in the, the range of three to five reps, heavy weight, heavy weight, right? What you don't want to do, you don't want to lay down on the bench and start your set with the weight attached to your chest. Think about it. You don't do it when you're barbell bench pressing. When you barbell bench press, you take the weight off the rack, you stabilize the barbell, then and only then do you begin your set of bench press. Well, what I'm going to tell you to do, especially if you're working out alone, even if you have a partner, because I think it's just too complicated uh, if you have a spotter, you here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that dumbbell while you're laying down. It could be sitting on your chest, right? It could be starting there. But with both hands, I want you to pick up that weight with both hands and put it over your chest. You're basically spotting yourself. You're going to spot yourself with your other arm. And then you're going to stabilize your body before you do anything. So make sure you're complete, your body's completely stable. Your, your feet are welded into the ground, right? Your glutes are tight. Your shoulders are retracted back into the, to the bench. Your head's pushed back into the bench. And then you're going to slowly take, say you're doing it with your right hand, slowly take your left hand off. Then you're going to start your set of bench press. Now, the added bonus to this is not only are you not getting injured, not only do you have a great setup, you're going to bench better because you're set up better. The, the added bonus is that you're going to get an extra eccentric rep. That means on the way down. So when, say I'm doing three reps, I'll have to push it up three times. Cool. But because I have to end at the bottom, I don't want to end at the top. I'm going to end at the bottom with it on my chest. It's safer that way. I get a fourth eccentric rep down. So it's a nice, nice bonus. All right. It's also, I'll skip that. I was going to give you a bonus, bonus tip, but I'll leave it at that. We'll keep, keep you guys in suspense till another time. Okay. Tip number three, tip number three, a quote that I am thinking about by desiring little, a poor man makes himself rich. I'll say that again. By desiring little, a poor man makes himself rich. You could take that in any way you want, uh, but that, this is just something I've been thinking about right now. Hopefully, it hits you in a certain way. Maybe you don't need so much. Maybe you need to make money to buy things that you don't want to impress people that you don't like. But again, by desiring little, a poor man makes himself rich. Tip number four, a productivity tip. I am a big fan of having designated work areas for certain things. So you guys know I have a pretty uh, diversified life. 
meaning, you know, I, I have my real job, I do this, but I have two separate work locations when I do my work work for my real job. And then when I do this, so when I do this, I have a completely and totally different workstation. And what's the reason for it? Well, I feel like your body, your mind gets into a flow, a different flow state when you're in certain areas and your body, maybe there's like a little snap that goes off in your head or a little trigger that goes off when you sit in that work area. So when I'm doing my strength and conditioning work, my football work, I sit in location number one. When I'm doing my corporate America work, I sit in location number two. I would try not to move your work areas around too much. Or I wouldn't make my work area where I uh, watch TV or relax, right? Like you don't want to associate different thoughts or different triggers in the wrong area. Just like I don't want to go into my gym and uh, take a nap, right? That's where I want to go in. That's where I want to be a warrior. That's where I want to crush those weights, right? So tabs designated work areas for different things. Tip number five, something that I'm watching that's moved me. I just went yesterday to watch uh, The Batman. Great movie. You guys know I like Batman. I like Batman because he encompasses, a, I guess, the optimal human being, right? The, the total person. Brains, brawn, uh, chemist, detective. And, and this, this movie had it all. And it had a bunch of riddles, which I love solving. And the guys in advanced training know that I like throwing them into our challenges every now and again. Why not? Having said that, one thing that bothered me was that in front of us was this family of about six people. And the guy probably had to spend about $200 for his family to go watch and hopefully enjoy this movie. And at least one to two of the kids during the movie were on their cell phones playing games. Now, I don't care if they don't like Batman. I kind of do. You should like him. I don't know why you wouldn't. But I'd almost, if I'm not a parent, but it'd be a good rule like, hey, if we're going to watch this movie, no cell phones out at all. Or everybody give me a cell phone because this guy's, this guy or the family, they, Husband and wife probably worked all week, saved up some money, want to take these kids out. And this kid is just completely and totally wasting the experience by playing a game. And even worse, I was watching him playing his game instead of enjoying my experience. So pretty dumb on my part. Okay, tip number six, the strangest thing I saw or heard all week. So when we do our sprint sessions, we sprint uh, two times a week. One time a week, we, are, we, do, we basically just work on mechanics, working on form running or running straight. Pretty boring. The second time a week, we try to make it more entertaining. We try to have more reactionary drills. So we're not just running straight because when you play a sport, uh, a sport that re requires you to react to other people, soccer, basketball, baseball, football, right? You have to react to something going on. You can't just keep running straight. You need something to tell you to go. You want to you exercise that muscle in your mind to tell you where to go, how to go, how fast to go. Anyway, so one of the sprinting drills that we do, we set up three cones in front of the, the athlete. And then we have the next athlete give a designation of which code to run to. And we use riddles, right? Just like uh, Batman and the Riddler. We use riddles. So we said, okay, if I say uh, the name of a lion, you go to the left cone. If I say the name of a bird, you go to the right cone. If I say the name of a color, you go to the middle cone. Now, this is a great drill because it, it, it impacts two people, right? The person who's going has to figure out, is this a line and then run. Then the second person that's going, they have to actually not just, they have to be, have used their brains a little bit and say the name of a color, the name of a bird, the name of a lion, whatever. So uh, we're going, drill's going pretty well. And again, remember the three places again, lion, left, bird, right, color, middle. And uh, <laughs> Steve Scarphone's about to go. And uh, this, this guy, Kendall, who is also a super sick athlete, he says, orange bird. I'll say that again. Orange 
bird. First of all, I don't even know if that exists as a designation of an animal. And second of all, now where's Steve supposed to go? Is he supposed to go to the color or to the bird? I don't know. But uh, maybe it was a great mind twist by Kendall. But it was the strangest thing I saw all week. If you're taking anything out of this, don't just make your linear running drills boring. Add some spice to them. Add some reaction to it. We do have a sick time at, at these uh, at those trainings once a week where we make it fun. Okay, let's get into the recap of what happened this week at the challenge. So once again, we had uh, some entertaining things going on. I'm going to start it off by saying that we had two people late and one person miss. Two people late and one person miss. So the miss, I've got to put this guy on blast, but only because A, he's so devoted to what we do. And two, and sorry, and B, because... He he had he has officially had the advanced training curse. So Tommy Jersick, who man, this kid's awesome. I'm so happy that he became part of the program. It's coming all the way from Jersey. He's the youngest guy in the program right now. Uh, he had a miss last week. He had to. He told me he had a he had a had a miss last week. He had a family issue. Perfect, uh, understood. Not an issue, but he actually had a family engagement. They had to go to. Got it. No problem. This is a legitimate excuse to miss. This week, he, he had to go to a wedding on Sunday. So we thought there was going to be a rain. I might have pushed the, the wedding. Sorry, the, I might have pushed this workout to Sunday. He texted me about five times, coach. I'm just letting you know. I don't want to miss again. Uh, just if, if I miss, please don't, please understand. I, I got something going on. I don't want to miss. Please don't let this miss. Please don't let me miss two weeks in a row. Anyway, to make a long story short, he, uh, he misses this week's workout. He overslept and he lives right next to Joe Derrida. So Joe, Der I get to the park. Joe Derrida is there. Joe, what's going on? Where, where's Youngblood? We call him Youngblood because he's the youngest guy in the group. Ah, yeah, he slept in. I told him if he's not out, not outside by 617, that's it. I leave. So he sleeps in. Why is this important? Because we did a tag team challenge. And when we do these tag team challenge, if you have a person on your team that is late or misses, there are penalties that come into play. So the tag team challenge, it was a 20-yard single leg slider to a 20-yard prowler push, but the prowler push had a slalom. So just like, uh, you know, the bird, the lion, and the, the color kind of makes it a little more interesting. Well, it's the same thing with the prowler. We don't just always push the prowler straight there and straight back. This time we were slaloming around like an Olympic skier, right? And this, this slalom had six turns to it, so it was extremely difficult to do. So we went from a 20 single-edge 20-yard slider to a six-turn uh, six slalom, to a 20-yard seated sled pull. So we normally do about 15 yards, we made it 20 yards, and then to a 20-yard slider. So it's a four-legged event. The team that Youngblood was on actually ended up with only two guys there. Only two guys there. So two of their guys had a two, two, two legs of this event. And I'm going to skip right to the punchline here. The team gets a four-second penalty for Youngblood missing. Those four seconds are exactly the difference of what made his team a loser. So Baraji and Galley, the two dudes who were left out on that team, they get a 102. Let's just say they get like a 102.5, one minute and two seconds, 0.5 on their time. Best time of the day. Unfortunately, those four seconds put them in second place behind the team with Joe Derrida, who, <laughs> who lives right next to Youngblood, and their team had gotten a 105.7. Their team had four guys show up, so they got no penalties. They are now the champs. They have the belt in their hand, and uh, it's the second time they've won this year, and they've ended the win streak of the Junkyard Dogs. So Youngblood's team, who has Barrage, Galley, 
Prechko, Strank, like all these guys, they kept winning and winning and winning. I think they won five out of the seven tag team events. They win. Uh, they win. They're winning almost all the time. Now they've been dethroned. So young blood, love you. I can't wait to see how you make an awesome comeback from this. Again, I love that you're in the program. You just are another victim of the advanced training curse. To take a little bit of a segue, people say, what is this advanced training curse? The advanced training curse is anytime anyone says anything, they usually miss the next workout. Meaning, if you say, coach, can you move the workout from 6.30 to 6? Uh, I got to get to school early. They'll miss. Or, coach, I can't believe you're not going to let us train tomorrow. I can't believe this person's going to miss tomorrow. They're soft. They'll miss. So this is the advanced training curse, kind of like the Madden curse, bigger than the Madden curse. This is how big advanced training is. It's bigger than the Madden curse. We have the advanced training curse. So anyway, that was the tag team event. As we now remember, when you win the tag team event, you get to select two people to go head to head in an individual event. So this team does uh, the unthinkable. They put together in a head to head event, Tom Galley versus Pete Baraji. Why is this unthinkable? Because A, they're both teammates on the Junkyard Dogs, and B, at this point, they're both 7-0. and They have not lost an event all year. So this is like two undefeated, two number one ranked guys going head-to-head. So what is the head-to-head challenge? We take the Prowler. We uh, take a little bit of weight off it because it's, it's going to be an interesting movement. And uh, we had them take the Prowler and run it around the soccer box. So it's not the goalie box. There's a box outside the goalie box. I don't know what that box means or is or does. Haven't played soccer in quite a long time, but they have to go around that box and they cannot touch the line. They touch the line, they get a penalty. So uh, they put Galley against Baraji. Galley goes first. Galley, <laughs> just, just so it be known, Galley in every week leading up to this week has won a challenge. The guy is 7-0, has not lost a challenge, has not been in a day where he hasn't been in a challenge. Every week, he has won a challenge. Either his team won it or his he wins head-to-head. He goes and he – I thought it was going to be devastating. He crushes it 19.99 seconds. Like I, when I designed this, I was like, guys are going to be struggling. They're going to be pushing this thing as slow as Conan the Barbaria on that wheel of, uh, wheel of death or whatever the heck he was pushing around. So then barrage has got to go second. Galley didn't even look winded after he went. And remember that Galley and Baraji had to do that whole tag team event by themselves. So they should have been winded because they didn't have four people to do the event. Anyway, Baraji goes next and he kills it. He just doesn't kill it as much as Tom Galley. But Baraji put on a, an impressive, impressive display. This whole year, he's just been super impressive. Baraji gets it in 21.12. So about a second difference between these two, two times. But this is Baraji's first defeat of the year. So now as we're looking at the standings, our top three people right now, our top three guys. With the number one rank is Galley, he's eight and zero. The number two rank is Baraji, he's seven and one. Number three rank, guess who? Youngblood, young yeah, the same Youngblood who slept in a little bit. Youngblood, he's four and one, so he is the number three seed right now. And remember, not everybody's making the playoffs. The top four seeds are going to get a bye. Might as well throw in the fourth guy, Joe Moreschko. So if the season ended today, those four guys would get a, a bye in the first round of our sixteen team uh, bracket. But not everybody's going to make the playoffs. So uh, this is good. This is good. Good six stuff. So, Galley, congratulations. You've now gone eight weeks in a row. Eight weeks in a row where you have won. So we've had eight weeks of the season. You are 8-0. and oh. You have 24 points sitting pretty on top of the lead. Now, a couple more things to add in to just show you the freakiness of this uh, Tom Galley. One is one of the exercises we were doing was we were doing 10 seconds. We're going to do a slider. But you're doing it for 10 seconds, not 10 yards, not 15 yards, not 20 yards. You're going to do it for 10 seconds. So you're doing it for time. 
another great variation you could throw in with your sprint sessions or anything else, right? You don't have to just say go 10 yards. You could say go for 10 seconds. So I'm pretty good at sliders. Pete Amorosi is pretty good at sliders. Pete Baraji is pretty good at sliders. Cortese is pretty good at sliders. And we're all getting about between 26 to 28 yards, right? Like, and I'm just joking around saying, guys, the benchmark is 30 yards, like thinking no one will ever get it. And then Galley's like, I got 30. What? Then I watch him go. Boy, did he get 30. So he got 30 yards on a slider in 10 seconds. That's in complete and total insanity. So he got 30 yards on sliders in, in 10 seconds. Pretty sick stuff. The other thing we did at the end of the workout, not to add too much to this podcast, but we have our PowerPoints back. We've talked about our PowerPoints before. And right now, when we're looking at our PowerPoints for the year, we have top three guys. We got Galley at 79.5, Cortese at 76.5, and Amorosi at 76. So what are these PowerPoints? A PowerPoint is essentially a yard. And what we're trying to do in these PowerPoints is we're collecting yards. We're collecting yards. And how are we collecting yards? Well, so far, we've only had three tests, but we have those sliders in 10 seconds. So every yard you get goes to your PowerPoint. We have a reverse med ball throw. So you throw a medicine ball over your head backwards. Every yard you get goes to your PowerPoint. PowerPoints. And then we have a 90 pound, 10 yard prowler shuttle for 20 seconds. And again, every yard you get goes to your PowerPoint. So all we're doing is we are collecting yards. And again, those top three guys, Galley, Cortese, Amorosi. So congratulations, men. We're going to keep it up. We got some more tests coming up. There's two more tests that go into those PowerPoints. There is a seated sled pull, which with heavy, heavy weight. And then there's going to be, this is going to be the difference maker a heavy, heavy weighted farmer's walk. How far can you walk with this weight in your hand? I, I can't wait to see it. I think there's only going to be like two or three guys that can actually do it. All right, people enjoy the rest of your, rest of your week. Talk to you soon. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refused to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. There's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today.